May peace be with you. If you stick around at the end, there's more information about our community and how to find us. And now, here's this week's Centering Scripture, followed by the sermon. Our scripture today is well known, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance, a time to throw away stones, and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace, and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Good morning, everybody. So as Reverend Nora introduced me, I'm Claire Klein, and I'm just so happy to be with you today. And I'm, I'm so excited to see Reverend Nora. I was saying that I don't think we've seen each other in person for years, so, so I'm just so happy to be here. And, um, I'm also very grateful for her and David's insights in putting this um, collaborative worship together today. So um, I'm ordained to the United Church of Christ and I'm ordained to my hospice music therapy work. So um, I'm just uh, happy to be able to share in worship with you today. I'm a member at Lindale where David and I have some shared membership there too. And so it's just, it feels like the right time at the right place today. <laughs> so thank you for having me today. So my grandma Ruth was the model of temperance and moderation. She was the granddaughter of German immigrants, the daughter of local farmers, and a one-room schoolhouse teacher in rural Wisconsin. And after marrying my grandpa Hilbert, she became the quintessential pastor's wife of the 1950s, the type that could manage to mingle with the entire congregation while keeping her triplets and two-year-old son in order and then still have time to come home and receive visitors with a cup of coffee waiting. Uh, when I danced wildly to the Pointer Sisters in our 1990s kitchen, having done my costuming and makeup all myself. Um, you know, her response was a polite, well, that's different. <laughs> 
that one Thanksgiving when the casserole dish exploded in the oven, leaving shards in the entire feast, she cursed by saying, oh dear, <laughs> before deftly coming up with a plan B for our family meal. She was always a person of civility and poise and graciousness. My amazing grandma exemplified the virtue that we're studying this morning, temperance. This virtue defined by inaction, of refraining from doing, of moderation and self-restraint. I think we might be used to this in our Midwestern, Minnesota nice culture. We've been trained to keep things in, right? To the point where we leave that last brownie on the platter, <laughs> or maybe at least we keep cutting it in half just in case somebody wants one. We're expected to zip it about our personal preferences and just say whatever you want when someone just needs to make a choice about where to go to dinner. Confrontation and wave making is to be avoided at all costs. And expressing a need, forget it. In my own adult years, I've had to learn the vocabulary of feeling words beyond, you know, I'm okay. And now I include words like, I might feel angry or sad or disappointed, imagine. So we Minnesotans are known to be a taciturn, stoic people. But instead of being nice, instead of helping us make connections with each other or to care for each other, these calls for restraint and self-control can pull us into isolation and can pull us into extremes. The Imperial Church, as Reverend Nora has named it the last few weeks, has really taken a hold of this idea, and they have a lot to answer for in this arena. The self-denial, the always and nevers and shoulds of overly moralistic teaching can lead us not to a centered balance, but to shame and all-or-nothing thinking. The war on drugs led to the targeted incarceration of black men. Purity culture perpetuates stereotypic gender roles, heteronormativity, and leaves young people without proper knowledge of the health and care of their own bodies. Restrictive diet culture can lead us to severe mental health concerns and disordered eating. Temperance can be turned into a weapon and tool for oppression. The passage that we read today from Ecclesiastes calls us to a new understanding of temperance. Ecclesiastes means gatherer of wisdom or preacher. And this wisdom gatherer tells us that it's not just about being restrained or controlled, but there is a balance to a season of restraint with a season of plenty and joyful dancing. But how do we find that nuance 
and that gray in our thinking to discern what the right time is for the right action. In a recent equity training that I attended, the presenter shared the insight that we must examine our past to understand our present and redesign a new future. We must examine our past to understand our present and redesign a new future. This examination seems essential in finding that balance and moderation and understanding. To know what time or season we are in now. So when we look into the past, we see these pendulum swings, right? We see these cycles from liberal to conservative, from austerity to opulence, from growth to decline and back again. Understanding our past can help us know where we are now in the present. And then we can think about the actions we can take right now for a season of balance in the future. Actions like truth-telling and reconciliation work and reparations work. The time and the seasons march forward. The Hebrew word eighth appears 30 times in these short eight verses. Eighth means the appointed time or the proper suitable time. There's a proper time to weep and a suitable time to laugh. There's an appointed time to sow seeds and an appointed time to gather. There's a waxing and waning of the world. Our traditions and our rituals and our community help us know that appointed suitable time. Just like the Pete Seeger song made famous by the birds reminds us, everything will turn, turn, turn. There's a time and purpose to everything under heaven. And we can pay attention to that cycle, that rhythm, knowing that we can't control those events, but we can choose our proper response. And we can ask for wisdom to discern the things we can and cannot control. The book of Ecclesiastes is filled with this push and pull between God's infinite, unknowable power and human action. We are reminded how necessary it is to recognize the lack of control we have. This collection of wisdom teachings shares stories and poems of both the successes and the failures of human wisdom, the vagaries of life. The book actually begins by alerting the reader that the book is the folly of follies the folly of trying to understand how the world works and acknowledging that God is the only true controller of what time and season it is. It's essentially a call to let go and let God. So how can we find that flexibility in our thinking that allows us to let go as we need and also take responsibility for that which we can? Where's that elasticity to bend with pressure instead of break? I think it's boundaries. Another way that we can discern what actions are right for what time is through personal boundaries. Brene Brown teaches the importance of establishing boundaries. 
that is defining for ourselves what is okay and what is not okay. It is up to us to know what the right time is for embracing and when to refrain from embracing, or the right time to love or to hate, or the right time to gather or scatter for ourselves. Boundaries can help remind us where I end and others begin. A boundary helps us be aware of what time is right for me, while being aware of how that choice affects others. Without establishing these boundaries, we cannot be the most compassionate version of ourselves. Being loving and generous with a boundary prevents burnout and resentment. We can be generous in our assumptions of others. We can assume that people are doing the best that they can, but we can balance that with restrained, controlled, and tempered actions within the boundaries we've set for ourselves. Nothing is sustainable without those boundaries. But acting within boundaries and acting with balance takes practice, and we won't do it perfectly. We can give ourselves grace to not be perfect at this. Although my grandma Ruth was a gracious, tempered, and well-mannered person, there were certainly seasons of hate and uprooting and tearing down in her life. When she was diagnosed with breast cancer, she met it with fearlessness and strength. She found time to rest and be still and quiet, as well as not allowing that cancer to prevent her from doing her favorite pastimes like golfing or meeting up with friends or playing cards. But maybe her Minnesota nice restraint kept her from asking for the help she needed through this time. Perhaps her don't mind me, I'm fine attitude and minimized sense of boundary kept her from being as comfortable as she could have been through those chemo treatments and hospice care. When her son, my uncle John, came out as gay and HIV positive at the height of the AIDS crisis, she did respond with loving care. But being human, I'm sure that she didn't do this perfectly. I'm sure that she didn't perfectly love all the time or stood up to the homophobia that surrounds us all perfectly. Perhaps she did this in her own way, but I wonder how her sense of decorum and anti-feather waffling upbringing might have prevented her from dismantling the culture and stigma that affected my Uncle John. When our family or neighbors are hurting, we can practice pushing beyond a tempered response and speak out. That is the appointed time to show up with a hate for injustice, an intention to uproot oppression, and a purpose to tear down tyranny. In a world that continues to turn, 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 let us keep practicing our discernment of the seasons to make room for a season of love that encompasses all, to dismantle the extremes of restraint and self-deprivation and replace it with an insightful judgment of action within a generously boundaried compassion. 
May we have the wisdom to know what is ours to control. And may we find that balance of the appointed times and seasons with God's help. May it be so. Amen. As a church located on Lakota land in Minnetonka, Minnesota, St. Luke is a joyful, inclusive, intergenerational, and compassionate community on a spiritual journey seeking to do justice, make peace, and to walk humbly with God. We invite you to join us live for virtual worship each Sunday morning on Facebook or YouTube, or by following the worship links on our website, stluke.mn. Thanks for listening. May you go in peace.